Welcome back to In the Booth. I'm Sean Booth, and we appreciate you listening. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're in Cranston, Rhode Island, maybe you're in Dover, Delaware, or maybe you're in Derry, New Hampshire. Wherever you are, we love you, and we hope you're having the best day. As of Friday, the 8th, we are still currently on Baby Watch. We've got an induction scheduled for later tonight, Monday the 11th, and their official due date is tomorrow the 12th. So we'll be sure to keep you guys posted. And the support from all of you guys has been incredible. It's been very heartwarming to read all the kind messages. The baby's already so loved and we couldn't be more excited. So we're going to keep the positive vibes going here as we enter the due date week. With that being said, I'm very excited for this episode. If you remember back to my teaser for the podcast, I explained that I want to have conversations with all different types of people. People from all walks of life. People with different beliefs and views. I love sitting down with interesting people who have very cool background stories. And I want to clarify here that I'm not a very political person. Politics are actually frustrating to me. And I truly believe that anybody who is too extreme left or too extreme right creates a lot of division. I believe in things from both sides of the aisle. And in this episode, Tommy actually quizzes me to see how conservative or how liberal I actually am, which is a little nerve wracking, but fun. I don't necessarily agree with her in all the stances she takes. What I do admire about Tommy is that she's not afraid to speak her mind and stand up for what she believes in. You can say what you want, but that's not easy to do. So without further ado, our guest today, she has risen to national prominence as a media personality. She is known for her bold and unfiltered conservative commentary and signature bold takes on cultural trends and politics. She is the youngest political talk show host in history. With more than 8 million plus social media followers, she has become a social media sensation and known for her viral videos. She is also a Fox News media contributor with a segment that is syndicated three times per weekday across more than 160 Fox News radio stations. She is the host of Tommy Laren is Fearless on Outkick.com. Everybody, please welcome Tommy Laren. Well, thank you for having me. And you're not canceled yet. So I think you're just going for the gold here. You were on my show, not canceled. Then you thought, hey. Let's just try to run all the bases, bring me on your show, and uh, just play with fire a little bit. But I love it. I love, you You got it right, bold. You're bold, I'm bold, you might be more bold having me, but I'm happy to be here. This might put the nail in the coffin for me. We will see. Um, but it's funny that you say that because when I was on your show, you were like, you are very courageous for sitting in that seat, and you made a joke about it, talking about how quick people are to judge and to cancel others. And... You know, there are going to be people who just see this clip, who see photos. They won't even listen to the conversation that we have today. And they're going to be like, screw that guy. I'm not following that guy anymore. Let's try and ruin his career. How dangerous and how crazy is that in today's society? It's crazy because if we want to get somewhere where we can be friendly towards people with differing viewpoints, we have to talk to those people. You and I probably agree on some things, probably not a lot on other things, but why does that matter? Why can we not talk? And by the way, I don't anticipate that we're going to sit here and debate like Middle East policy or, you know, capitalism versus socialism. Outside of all that, I am a human being and I have a life as well. And I think that's why I think we need more conversations with people that don't just center around who we vote for or the letter behind our name. It's just, can we just talk and be normal people? Maybe the country would be better off if those conversations happened more. Exactly. I love that. And that's what I want to talk about. Talk about life. Talk about life outside of your career. And you were from a small town in South Dakota? 
Well, South Dakota is a small state. I was going to so say, every, there's not Every many city big towns is, a, is a small city. Yes. Yeah. But I'm from, if you've ever heard of Mount Rushmore, that's mm. what I have to tell people, you know, because they don't usually know of South Dakota. They think we're just one state, Dakota. But yes, Mount Rushmore is where I'm from, that area. Okay. And I went to Mount Rushmore before. I felt like it was a little underwhelming. I don't know if it's because of the movie Richie Rich that I thought it was going to okay. be this huge grand thing, but I felt like it was a lot smaller in person. Are you sure you were at the right one? (laughs) I have never heard someone tell me they were underwhelmed by Mount Rushmore, but I will tell you this. In high school, I worked at a place, like a tourist trap called Reptile Gardens. We had a replica of Mount Rushmore that was about three feet tall, and it was foam. And I can't tell you the number of tourists that thought that was the Mount Rushmore. And I'm almost thinking maybe you were one of those people. I might be. Who saw a replica. Here I am. I've never heard anyone say, "Yeah, it looks smaller in person. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be the first. And so with the presidents in your backyard then on a mountain, is that how you started getting into politics? Honestly, I just wanted to be a voice for people that nobody cared about. And when I say that, I mean the forgotten Americans, people in the Midwest, people in middle America, people in South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, that people don't talk about or it doesn't seem like we're covered much. And I've always had a lot of opinions. So I thought maybe I could be that voice in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And then I've just done this for as long as I can remember. And where'd you go to school? Ready for this one? Uh, UNLV in Las Vegas. So yes, people say, oh, you're from South Dakota. You know, you're just a small town person. I said, yeah, but I went to school in Las Vegas about two miles from the strip. So, you know, you get the best of both worlds when you do that. Okay. And then you've moved all over the place. You're out in LA. You're back here in Tennessee. Yep. And when I was on your show, I said, is it tough for you to meet friends And you said, depends on where I am in the country. Mm -hmm. And in Tennessee, a little more welcoming because it's a red state. Tennessee, Texas, Florida, great. Uh, New York, not great. Yeah. California, not great. But living there was an interesting experience. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. And I, I learned a lot about the politics of California. I use it as a warning for those who live in Tennessee not to take in those policies and adopt them. But California was rough for me. I mean, I lived in the South Bay, so Redondo, Hermosa Beach area of LA, and I couldn't leave there. Like I couldn't cross the 405. Santa Monica, death trap for me. WeHo, death trap for me. I don't dare go there. I've had women in Santa Monica uh, kick me, scream things at me, throw things at me, it's just not a hospitable place. It's actually dangerous. I have people follow me around the grocery store. Just not a good time to be in California when Trump derangement syndrome was at its peak. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I'm like, I wonder if you're going like, to show up here with like a bodyguard. Or you have to go places with a team because people are so cruel out there. And when you get into the political world, it's a whole different ball game. So when you go out to public places, like if you want to go out to a restaurant with your husband or you're going to the grocery store, like you said, people come up to you all the time or what? In Tennessee, it's positive. Yeah. In Tennessee, it's great. I mean, Mm -hmm. Nashville people are very nice to me. Only incident I've ever had here is one day we were walking. I was with my then boyfriend, now husband, Mm -hmm. in Midtown, and some girl threw eggs at us from like the sixth story of an apartment building and said some nice words and threw (laughs) eggs at us. Um, That was really it for me as far as people being nasty here in Nashville. So nothing like it is in LA. Here, it's it's an accolade to be conservative. 
for the most part. Right. You know, I get into little things on Twitter with like the Marin Morrises of the world who are, in my opinion, vile. But other than that, I mean, Tennessee yeah. is not a dangerous place for me. Yeah. Like you said, we probably don't agree on everything. But one thing that I love about you is that you're able to just stand by what you say and you don't care about what anybody else thinks of that, which is fantastic. And I think a lot of people are afraid to say how they actually feel. But I got to imagine at some point in your career or your life, was it hard for you getting criticism to an extent, like you said, where people are throwing stuff at you? Like, I'm sure you've, you're used to it now for many years. Was there a point in your life where you were just like sitting at home, sitting on your couch or being like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that? Or have you always just been straight and your yeah. beliefs and not care about that stuff. It really doesn't bother me. And people say, oh, you know, it must bother you. You just say it doesn't bother you. It really does not bother me. Yeah. Yes, it sucks to go into environments sometimes and have to watch your back or people are trying to record you or people are trying to take pictures. That's not fun just because it's annoying and mm -hmm. you feel like you're being watched. But that's anybody. That's not just that they hate you. They could like you and do the same thing. For me, it's more my family members right? because they don't know how to handle it. I was in, boy, I think it was maybe five years ago, I was in Minneapolis with my parents and we were having brunch and it was not a friendly crowd. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And a group of people threw water at me and my parents were there and like threw water on my parents and my parents were, like, reacted to that, obviously, because that's not a normal situation. But I have to tell them don't react because that's what they want. And then it became a big TMZ thing, a big Daily Mail thing. And right. it just... That's the kind of thing my parents don't know. And a lot of my friends don't realize what it's like. And it bothers them Yeah, a lot more than it bothers me. Yeah, I can understand that. Like when I went on The Bachelorette, I'm like, I put myself in that situation. And now my family has to deal with some of that stuff. And yeah. they're not used to it or it might affect them differently when it's something that I've ultimately, you know, put them through. So that's got to be challenging sometimes. Or when people just don't want to be associated with you. We talked about this when you were on my show. But yeah. for me, it just goes one of two ways. And I'm sure it's similar for you. It's either they want to be associated with you because they want followers or they yeah. want clout or they want a talking point or they don't want it at all. They don't want to be associated with you. They'll be friends with you behind closed doors, but they don't ever want it to be public because that might bring on some backlash for them. So before I was engaged and married, that was something that I had to deal with constantly. And I'm sure you know how this is, too. For mm -hmm. me, trying to find somebody who wasn't a fan, mm -hmm. who wasn't intimidated by me, mm -hmm. but also was okay with the backlash that they were going to get, yeah, that was very difficult. Struggled right. with it for many years. And you said you briefly dated somebody from The Bachelorette. They didn't want you to post anything or acknowledge it, correct? Because they were scared that it would hurt their following. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I can go ahead and drop a name if you'd like. I, I really haven't it. talked about this. Well, it might have been here and there, but it was Chase McNary. So this is back in 2016, 2017. Yeah, because he was on the season right after mine. Yes. Yeah. With JoJo. Yes. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that was a meet on Twitter type of thing and then talk type of thing. But then it was just can't post you and me or, you know, can't be identified with you type of thing, even in a group setting, because that might make me lose followers. And followers is a currency for people, especially in reality TV. So right. that was interesting to me. But I had been very well aware of that stigma. So yeah. it wasn't a shock. It was just like, okay, well, this probably isn't going to work then because I'm me. Yeah. And I'm not changing anytime soon. So 
That's uh, I didn't know. Is he that. a friend of yours? We're friendly. I've think I've done maybe one or two events with him, but we've always been cordial for sure. We follow each other on social media. As long as you follow each other, you know, as, that's essentially friends. best friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you think Instagram and social media has changed the politics game? I think it's changed it in that people can have an instant opinion and put it out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mess with TikTok. I yeah. won't. To me, that's a Chinese communist platform. So I have no desire to put that out there. Instagram, to me, is, is maybe gotten better just because TikTok is so bad. So maybe that's the, the relative comparison there. But it's definitely changed politics in just that you can see where people stand on things or if they posted a black square or didn't post a black square or right. if they're pro-Israel or anti-Israel right now. I mean, that's also a currency and celebrities are now expected to be foreign policy experts and, you know, either they have to support this person, but not too much. And it's a weird game to play. That's why for me, I'm happy that my celebrity, if that is even what mm. I am, I'm a public figure, but nobody has to guess where I fall on that. So to me, that's liberating mm. rather than people who are acting or in reality television or in music and they have to walk a line. I have to walk no line because it's pretty obvious where I stand. And mm -hmm. to me, that's a benefit. So if TikTok didn't have any affiliation with China, would you be on TikTok? TikTok and Instagram to me are very similar. So yeah. sure. But yeah, I'm just, I have enough big brother USA government tracking me probably don't need the communists to do it either. <laughs> right. Because wasn't Trump trying to ban TikTok or he did for a little bit? No, Trump didn't ban it, but there's been a lot of discussion over whether to ban it. I'm not for banning anything, yeah. right? I'm just, personally, I'm not going to use it. And I don't think that people in government should probably use it if they care at all about, you know, national security. But we've got, we've got a lot of national security issues. So maybe TikTok is lower on that list. It just depends on how you view the world, I suppose. Well, I'm somebody who doesn't get much into politics and I haven't, you know, for the most part of my life, I think that I really start to dive into it with Trump, uh, him and Hillary. I think I started tuning in strictly for the entertainment. Like, I honestly think that it was very entertaining. It was like a huge reality show. And those yeah. debates were just fascinating TV. And I looked forward to those. I think after this previous election, I got so burnt out yeah. on politics where I'm like, I just don't even want to watch anything right now. And I feel like a lot of Americans probably feel the same where they turn on the TV and they don't know what to believe. You have one side, you go to CNN and saying this, and then Fox is saying something completely different. So it's like, how do people in the middle figure out what to believe, what's right and what's wrong? Probably watch it all. Watch Fox a little more. I obviously am going <laughs> yeah, to say that. I work for Fox News. But I get it. People don't yeah. want to be inundated with this stuff constantly. I understand it. I mean, I get burnt out of it. People think that I watch Fox News all the time or I pay attention to politics mm -hmm. every minute of the day. I can't. I, I have to turn it off at some point because it just it becomes too much and it, it right. consumes you. This last week I was moving, so I wasn't really on Twitter or paying attention. And it was such a liberating feeling to not know what was going on. Obviously short-lived because I can't do that for long given what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. But it is liberating to not care. Unfortunately, if you don't care and you don't want to pay attention, but then you're also going to go vote, that's where that's it gets very, a little sticky. I want right. everyone to vote, but you got to have at least baseline knowledge of what you're voting for. And you don't have to care about the petty politics of everything. You don't have to be a Trump supporter or I don't think there are many Biden supporters, but maybe you don't have to get into the weeds of it. But when you go to the grocery store and you're paying 30 percent more than what you did a few years ago, that impacts everybody. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not a partisan thing. It's just 
who can we get in office that makes things better for the American people? Exactly. And that's just what I hope, at least at the lowest level, people can pay attention to. Right. Do you think there should be any change in the age for voting? <laughs> uh, you know, who's running or who's voting? Because I think yeah, who's running both. might be the biggest yeah. concern right yeah. now. Um, no, I don't think that we need to have an age limit. I would just hope that people could use their eyes and ears enough to just mm, see somebody a, who clearly is struggling right now. And yeah. that's Joe Biden. I feel badly for him. I wish his family would do something about it. I mean, it's painful to watch someone who's clearly being affected by dementia or some cognitive disability probably shouldn't be, you know, at the helm of the most powerful nation in the world. Right. And I say that as a conservative, but Democrats feel the same way. 75% of Americans don't want the guy to run. So I don't think yeah. it's that controversial to say Democrats don't want him either. Right. So here we are. Yeah, of course. What do you think Joe Biden actually does on a day-to-day -day basis? Walk me through his day. You know, I think he gets up around 10, maybe. And then I think he just stumbles through his day. I think they let him out every once in a while for some air and <laughs> an ice cream cone. And I think that's about it. I mean, he's on vacation almost every weekend, if not every day. They claim that he's working, but he can't figure out how to get off of a stage. So I'm really confident that he's working when he's in Delaware on the beach. No, not really. Do you think they just pump him with drugs to send him out to do these talks? This to keep his mind actually. I mean, it's slipping. Yeah, it's slipping it, with quick. every passing day, it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's not just me saying it as someone who's obviously conservative. That's just somebody who has eyes and ears saying that this isn't going well. So the next election, you think he'll be running? No, they're going to replace him. It's going to be at the convention for those that follow this. It's not going to be a challenger that's going to beat him in a primary situation. It's going to be they're going to wait to see who the Republican is. And then at the convention, they're going to have some kind of a, a mutiny or some kind of a change in order. And I believe it's either going to be Gavin Newsom, governor of California, or perhaps Michelle Obama. That's the two that I think they're going to, you know, toy with replacing Joe with. But no, I don't think it's going to be Joe unless they are that confident in mail-in ballots that they can have a literal vegetable running for their party. They, the party deserves better. Right. I'll just put it that way. Democrats, you deserve better. Right. Do you think there's anything that he's done that you appreciate or like? Well, one thing, you know, here's the thing. He has been relatively pro-Israel these last few weeks, although I don't agree with everything he said. I do appreciate some of the backing that he's had for Israel. So I will give him that. But as for everything else, I really I couldn't name one for you. And that's not me just not wanting to. I just couldn't. I couldn't rack my brain enough to to figure out something that he's done well. Things are not going well. No. And it's not just me who's saying that. No, I just think a lot of around. people on the left too see that and realize that. Yeah. I hope the Trump derangement syndrome isn't so thick that they can't see that this just is not going well. Yeah. So that brings us to the next question. Trump, he runs again. Is it going to be another case of We'll just vote anybody who is not Donald Trump. I've been pretty vocal about this. Yeah. I've been a longtime Trump supporter. You know, I have a voicemail on my phone now from Donald Trump thanking me for, you know, speaking out and, and mm -hmm. saying nice things about him or whatever that might be. I'm a big Trump supporter. However, I've been very honest with people that I don't think if we want a Republican victory, Trump is the way to go. He's facing four indictments. They're going to get him on something. So I don't think you can run a presidential campaign from jail. I think it's wrong that he's in that position, but it's also the reality of the situation. So I don't think that that's a good bet. 
I don't think that the average American out there that might be independent is going to vote for somebody that they're afraid is going to be behind bars running mm -hmm. the country. So that right. is my fear. I've been a DeSantis fan. Um, I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis. I think he's our best bet if we want to win something. So that's where I am. And a lot of Trump supporters are not happy with me on that. But I got to be honest. It's easier to not be honest. It's easier to just say Trump like mega. But I can't do that with a straight face because I understand the implications for our country if I were to just do that and tell everybody that it's going to be this big red wave. It's not going to be. So right. we have to face those facts. And doesn't everybody say, too, that it's not a good idea to run against Trump like a DeSantis where it will ruin their political career because there's no way they can beat him? I don't think that's true, though. Yeah. I don't think it's true. I think, unfortunately... Donald Trump has a real grip over this party. And for a long time, that was a positive thing. And it's not his fault entirely. He does things that get in his own way. Right. But when you're facing four indictments yeah. and you don't say, hey, I'm going to let somebody else take the torch here because I can't win facing four indictments. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's the position that we're in. So I don't think that a DeSantis nominee is out of the question. It's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping to bring some reality to the Republican Party. If they want to win, Trump might not be their best bet. Mm -hmm. And talking Roe v. Wade, pro-life stuff might not be the best bet. Wherever mm -hmm. you fall on that, I don't care. It's mm -hmm. clearly not a winning issue for Republicans. Yeah. So we got to be honest about where we are. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild to watch. It's interesting. Do you feel like our country right now is more divided than it's ever been? It's hard because it's been on a sliding scale since 2016. Obviously yeah. very divided in 2016, 2017 with the Trump presidency, people very divided. Even when things were going well in our country, people just hate Donald Trump. So they right. couldn't admit that things were going well. We're probably more divided than ever, probably because of social media, yeah. I would say. I would credit social media and the mainstream media for a lot of that. And I think people just want to hate the other side so badly, so badly. that they don't want to find any areas of common ground. Right. It's not even that they don't recognize them. It's that they go out of their way to pretend that those areas of common ground don't exist. Exactly. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Is there a better system that we could put in place? What's like the ideal scenario for you that you think for a government to run this country where it's not so left or right? Less government. Less government, more people more conversations, more having discussions, not with everybody in their corner looking to win, but mm -hmm. just looking to talk. Mm -hmm. That used to be what it was. There's always been Democrats and Republicans, but there used to be some areas where we could come together or at least disagree and still be in the same room with one another. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. now that's not the case mm -hmm. in a lot of situations. So I think more people talking and less government is the solution to that. Because I believe for the most part that too much of anything or too extreme of anything is not a good thing. But I would say you're pretty extreme, or at least opinionated to the conservative side. But you also call out the conservatives for things. Yeah. It's crazy to me when people call me extreme or because what is it that I believe in that's extreme? Yeah, I believe in a secure border, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe that you should come into this country legally and then suck off of our country. So if that's controversial, well, here we are. Uh, I believe that we should be able to afford the things that we buy. At the grocery store, mm -hmm. not really extreme. I believe that we should be drilling and fracking so that our gas isn't astronomically expensive and then we have to buy more from countries who hate us. If that's a controversial opinion, I guess it's controversial. Those are the things when, when you say that's controversial. Do I believe that BLM should go and riot and loot in the streets and set things on fire? No. Um, I guess that's controversial. Mm -hmm. So 
when people say you're extreme or you're controversial, I feel like these are pretty common sense things. Right. I don't feel like they're that controversial. We can disagree on the finer points. Uh, Just as a whole, I don't think my opinions are that controversial. The other side's a little more controversial, right? If you say people can be a fox gender or you know, you have to identify your pronouns before you even say hello, to me, that's kind of extreme. Yeah. Well, what I don't get is I feel like with the left, if they disagree with anything from the right, they will try and attack you and take you down. People on the right are, unless they're on social media or unless they do what I do, most people that are conservative in nature are just quiet and they like right. to be that way. And it's not because they don't have opinions. It's because they don't want to voice them because they've been taught that that's impolite. Yes. And I understand that because that's like people from where I'm from who are conservative, but they're not going to put it in anybody's face. Unfortunately, the other side is so loud and so vocal that the reason conservatives lose the culture war and everything else is because we are too polite and we are too quiet. It would be nice if we could just maybe the left could tone it down a little bit and maybe the right could get just a little bit louder and then there would be a balance. And then we could all voice our opinions and be passionate, but maybe we could come to some understanding or yeah. some middle ground and just lower the temperature to just a medium. Yeah. Well, do you think there's just so much fear coming from the left side that the right side is nervous to speak up? Yeah. Because yeah. the right doesn't try to cancel people. Right. So that's just that's just what it is. Yeah. I want everyone to be able to say their piece, even if I hate it, even mm -hmm. if I think it's awful. Yeah. People right now who are rioting in the streets for Hamas and terrorists, I don't want them to shut up. I want them to speak louder because I want to know who they are. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to shut anybody up. The left wants to shut people like me up. The White House wanted to shut me up. I have, you know, I'm a part of that whole, if you see the censorship stuff with Facebook and the White House working with Facebook to monkey with the algorithm to tone down certain voices like mine. I mean, I'm directly implicated in that where they said, hey, White House said, hey, we want Tommy Lahren to shut up about COVID. Make the algorithm in such a way that people see less of her. In a nutshell, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. So let's just say what we all think. Let's respect each other's opinions, but let's just allow for free speech. Is that wild for you to sit here and be like, yeah, the White House, that's where I'm at in my career. That's how much success I have. They're trying to shut me up. That's pretty wild. It's surreal for sure that they would want to, you know, keep me quiet or, yeah. or whatever it may be. But I mean, everything, everything is so censored now. Right. Especially when it comes to that, that little word called COVID that you really can't even say. Yeah. Kind of just have to mouth it because even the algorithm <laughs> will see that. Yeah. Right. So that's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Twitter's great now. X, whatever. Yeah. Much better. Mm -hmm. Much better with Elon at the helm. And even he gets flack just because he wants free speech. That's weird to me. It is. He's not necessarily a conservative. If anything, he's been a lifelong liberal. But free speech scares certain people because when the truth comes in the door, the BS has to go out the window. And pe certain people are afraid of that. And I just, I want to know why. Elon is a very interesting character. I find myself watching a lot of his videos on YouTube. He's just a fascinating guy. Have you met him? I have not. No. no. That'd be a cool conversation for you to have. That would be. We'll yeah. work on it. Yeah. Get that going. Yeah. Well, Twitter and I think Trump obviously changed the game for that, right? He tapped into that, took over. Yeah. Well, until they locked him out, of course. And didn't they or Elon invite him back? Reinstated him. He sent out one tweet, which was his mugshot. Oh, really? Yes. But he has his own. He has yeah. Truth Social. So he's not going to go on another platform that doesn't support his bottom line, which I understand. But okay. yes, the mugshot was the only tweet we've had from him since the, the lockout. That's pretty situation. funny. I feel like he's kind of a funny guy. He's a h hilarious guy. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about his politics. Right. He's an entertaining 
fellow. Very entertaining. You know, and and so much so that people are bored with everybody else now. The Republican debates, the it's like main me. criticism is like, you know what, this is boring now because yeah. we don't have Trump. Yeah, that was like me. used to it. Yeah. I've literally watched every debate that Trump was in just to see what would happen. When you guys release these polls, whether it's Fox or CNN, I think a lot of people don't understand. Where are these numbers coming from? How are they so different? Right. <laughs> <laughs> where we get these poll numbers? We have different audiences, of course. So if you have a Fox News poll, that's a Fox News audience. A CNN right. poll is a CNN audience. But there's a lot of polls that are done that are not done by an outlet in particular. But even New York Times polls show us that right now, Trump has an edge over over Biden and people don't want Biden to be the nominee on the Democrat side. So there are certain polls that are maybe closer to the middle. But I just I'm not one to really feed into polls anyway, because polls are yeah. telling me right now that Trump is at 47 percent in the Republican Party. And I really don't think that's the case. I don't think he has that much of a commanding lead over the Republican Party. I just don't. OK. Interesting. And Trump, Trump supporters hate me for that. When you talk about things that get to me. Yeah. The left attacking me really does not bother me. But when the it's right the does. Trump supporters who I consider to be my people when they come after me or they call me names simply because I'm I'm trying to be honest about a situation that kind of cuts deep. So there's that. I've also I was on The View seven years ago as well. And I said I was pro-choice. Um, You know, I got fired right. from a network for that. So conservative network said, nope, not allowed to be pro-choice. So then I had a lawsuit, you know, ensued from there fighting for my First Amendment rights. So it's it's a wild ride on all sides. No side is blameless in this. Yeah. You want to be considered that extreme. Right. Exactly. For points see? like that. Exactly. There yeah. is a middle ground. People have differing opinions, but a lot of us exist on a spectrum. You don't have to be hard right or hard left. People yeah. would consider me hard right. I'm not hard right. Yeah. You're just vocal about your views right. that make it come across as hard and far right. Yeah. And I tell you exactly how I feel. Yeah. I encourage everybody I that. to do that though. Yeah. Because why not? Do you really have the beliefs that you have if you're not willing to vocalize them? Good point. That's kind of what I, what I yeah. wonder here. Can you really say like, I believe this, but I'm afraid to tell people? I don't know. To me, that tells me you don't have a really firmly held belief in that case. I get people not wanting to talk about it all the time, but when confronted with it or confronted with something that's going to change your life or your family's life, if you're just being quiet to go along to get along, I don't know. Then can you really complain about the way things are? I'm not sure. Yeah. What do you say to those who just think that they don't have any control over anything that's happening? People that don't think that their vote's even going to matter. Yeah, a lot of people on the right feel that way. To me, that's a really un-American sentiment. Mm -hmm. You're in this country. You have a voice. You have a vote. Everybody has a platform now because of social media. So mm -hmm. social media is a blessing and a curse. But it does matter. And who you talk to and who you have discussions with, those things matter. You can change hearts and minds. Your own heart and mind can be changed. So just to sit back and say, oh, this stuff either doesn't affect me or I can't affect it. Mm -hmm. That's a real, to me, that's a cop out. It's a way to just say, let, let everybody else deal with all this. Well, then if you do that, don't be surprised if your life doesn't go the way that you want it to go. Mm -hmm. So at least try. So you actually sound, in my opinion, to mm -hmm. be more on the conservative side. And I'm sure not completely conservative on everything, but I like to ask people who don't want to label themselves conservative or liberal that exists somewhere in the middle. I like to ask them, what about conservatism do you disagree with? Like, what is it that you're not fully saying, I'm a conservative? What are those areas? Right. Yeah. So I've always leaned more right in my life. And like I said before, I think anybody too far right or too far left, you get into trouble. So I see 
things from both sides. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can do like a little quiz here on sure. some topics and ask and see where I actually land. Sure. All right. Well, let's start with the Second Amendment because mm-hmm. that's a big one. It is a big one. Um, that's a very big one. I do have guns myself. I, when it comes to the ARs, I don't necessarily believe that we need those. Okay, but tell me why. For what purpose, aside from at a shooting range? Right. Why so do I we need those? I wouldn't say, do you need, I wouldn't say that you need one. I wouldn't say, Sean, you need to get an AR-15 mm-hmm. in your home. But I would say if you wanted to have one, by every right, you should be able to have one. Right. And the reason is because two things here. One, an AR-15 is great for for home defense. Mm. If you've got somebody, mother of your child, mm. got a home intruder, you're not there. An AR-15 not only looks it's a lot easier than a pistol, it's easier easier to operate, and you can hit your target yeah. with more efficiency. So AR-15 is actually a great for home defense, especially for women. A lot of women prefer an AR-15. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But then furthermore, it's not so much that we want AR-15s on the right. It's just like, oh, gosh, we want an AR-15, which does not stand for assault rifle, by the way. It stands for Armalite, Mm -hmm. which is the company that made them. So it's not assault. But we're more worried about a slippery slope. You're going to start telling me, okay, now I can't have an AR-15. All right, I got a limited capacity magazine. Okay, now it's, well, your handgun, people are still dying. People are still gun violence. So now you can't have a handgun anymore. Oh, okay, well, what do you need a shotgun for unless you're hunting? It's the slippery slope. It's the infringing on the rights that people on the right are most concerned about. And when people say, oh, they wouldn't do that. Well, they had you stay in your home for two years. So do I trust the government? No, not really. Because they had healthy people quarantining in their home, ordering Uber Eats, being afraid of a virus that had a 99.8% survival rate. So would I put the, past the government to do anything? No. Right. So then school shootings. Right. I think that's more just getting the proper checks and it's more of... So I me- think, yeah. So I think that their background checks, I'm not opposed to background mm-hmm. checks, but I will say this. Nashville, the trans shooter that went and shot up the school here in Nashville... Does that person seem like someone to you that's going to follow gun laws? So you can put as many restrictions in place. We have restrictions on murder. But if people don't follow the laws, then at some point, are you just infringing on the the laws and the rights of of law-abiding people to somehow try to stop a criminal or felon or a thug that doesn't care about your laws anyway? That's more the side of it that's concerning. So, and I get it. And this not, it's a nuanced thing. It's not just a, an all or nothing thing. And I understand the people that want certain kinds of reforms. And I'm not completely against them. I'll say that. There are certain reforms that I believe in. But it's the, it's the infringement on rights. And then it's, you want to have lawless policies. You want to have no cash bail, like in, in LA, where you've got people that are commit a crime and they're released within hours back on the streets. And then you're going to tell me that I can't have a gun to protect myself. But then you've also defunded the police. You can't have all things. So we've done the Second Amendment. So then I would probably ask you about, let's talk about men competing in women's sports. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Because unfortunately, that's become a real thing right (laughs) now. I think it's outrageous. I don't think it should be allowed. And I think that we've worked for years and years and years to give women equal rights. And we finally have it. Title IX, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like, never mind. These men are then going to come and take what we've worked so hard at getting the rights for all women. Are you surprised? Because I am. 
that the left, the feminists that were marching in the streets with pussy hats are not vocal about this at all? That's the thing that drives me crazy. I'm like, where are you now yeah. when this is happening? Yeah. You're fine with it, is what they're saying, by not saying anything. Yeah, because they're so worried about being called a name, transphobic or this, that, and the other. Riley Gaines is also at OutKick. She's a friend of mine, obviously. She's you know, a co-worker of mine at OutKick. And just when you talk to her and you say, hey, listen, her as, as a collegiate athlete who has accolades, tying a biological male and then also having to share a locker room with a fully intact giant male without her consent. Where are yeah. the feminists? Yeah. That's yeah. abusive in my opinion. That's abusive to women. Right. If you want to switch your gender and if you're an adult and you want to make those decisions, I don't think it should be allowed for kids up to a certain age. I think that is wrong before they're fully developed and before they've been able to you know, live a life and actually realize what they want and who they are. Um, I don't care about them doing that on their own, but when they start going into sports, I think mm -hmm. that that's wrong. Right. Caitlyn Jenner is also a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. right? And she's very vocal about the whole women's rights and in the sanctity of women's spaces and women's sports. I don't care what you do either. If you're an adult and you want to make a decision, I'm very much for freedom. Do what you want. I don't right. want to pay for it, but you can't infringe upon the rights of others. And that's exactly to me what this is. Right. So that to me is a, it's a obviously a conservative viewpoint. It shouldn't be, but it has become one. So when I look at you and I say, are you a conservative? Okay. You believe women's sports should be for women. You believe in the second amendment. You believe in, in certain restrictions. I would still say that falls under conservative umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, other big things for conservatives, obviously, like I said, border security. Yeah. Where do you stack up on people coming into this country just unfettered, unvetted from all cor corners of the world? Yeah, I do believe in having a strong border security. We can allow them in with the proper checks and do it through a organized system, but to just allow everybody to come in, I don't agree with that. Okay, so we got guns, <laughs> women in women's sports, yeah. securing our border. So I would say those three things are kind of core tenets of being a conservative. Okay. Um, so to me, that's kind of that's kind of the main the, the main, main three. thing. I'm sure you probably don't like paying more taxes than you have to. Exactly. So that's probably more on the conservative side. Yeah. I don't even know where you would stack up on the liberal side. I don't know what what you'd believe in that would be on the liberal side. Pro-choice. Okay, you're pro-choice, but I'm also pro-choice, and you know you'd classify me as far right. So I'm pro-choice as well, not because I believe in abortion, but because I believe that the government does not have a place in that decision. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that the government benefits that decision. I don't believe that the government actually provides the outcome that I would like to see as somebody who is religious and pro-life personally. So that's why I'm pro-choice. So to me, you can very much be a conservative and be pro-choice. So that's that's obviously an issue that goes back and forth that might be more on the liberal side, but I can have that liberal viewpoint and still be very, very much a conservative. I feel that most Americans are conservative in nature, except for the ones that are you know way out there on the left. And then there's tinfoil hats way out on the right. I get that too. But I feel like this country is center-right. But we've been confused to the point where we think, like you think, my friends similar that are Democrats, so they would consider themselves Democrats. I ask them, like, what makes you a Democrat? And they go, well, um, I like gay people and I'm pro-choice. I'm like, okay, well, guess what? I have no issue with gay people mm -hmm. and I'm also pro-choice. Mm -hmm. exactly. So that's the only two things that make you think that you're a liberal. I got news for you. You might not be. Yeah. And that rocks people's world to think like, wow, maybe I'm not a liberal.
I guess I would ask you the religion of the left, climate change. Where do you stack up on climate change? Honestly, I haven't put too much thought into that. Okay. I haven't. So when they say all cars need to be electric by 2035, do you think that that's a positive step forward? Or do you do you say, oh, you know, I want to buy whatever car I want to buy? They want, they want your gas stove, too. I like my gas stove. Okay. Yeah, I like my gas stove. All right. Yeah. I would turn to the science on that. What does the science say? The legitimate science of global warming. Well, the science tells us that the Earth is actually cooling. So this whole thing. And, and if we reduced our, our emissions to nothing, we would lower the temperature in such an insignificant amount. But how? I would ask this, beyond just the science, how many people's lives and livelihoods would you be willing to rob from them to cool right. to cool the earth by percent. such a small degree? Mm-hmm. And that's what Biden did the first day he took yes. office. I'm from South Dakota, shut down the Keystone XL yeah. pipeline. That's 12,000 people in a state of less than a million who no longer have a job, and they were counting on that job. Mm-hmm. And businesses that built infrastructure to expand their businesses in hopes that that pipeline would be built there so that they could have people come eat at their restaurant so that they could have people come work out in their gym as a gym owner, right? And then that was taken from them and now they they go under because that's 12,000 people that were going to be there year round working on that pipeline that just gone. So to me, you can conserve the environment. You can care about the environment and you can want to reduce, reuse, recycle, be conscious of it without saying, hey, I think that we should just take away these people's livelihoods to make us feel better about ourselves. Right. But then all the celebrities that the left worships fly around in private planes, and somehow that's okay because they're so elite they couldn't possibly fly with the peasants. I take a real issue with that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people consider themselves liberal based on what a lot of celebrities say on social media. Right. But those celebrities don't live that. If climate change was really as big of a deal to them as they said it was, people like Leonardo DiCaprio and others, if climate change really was apocalyptic to them, they wouldn't have the size of homes that they have, multiple. They wouldn't be on yachts. They wouldn't be flying in private jets. They would be using a composting toilet and be living in a small shack made of shit. Mm -hmm. But they're not. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that they want the little people to bear the brunt of their activism while they live high on the soy-based hog. I have a problem with that. Or they just want to be viewed in a certain way. Yeah. They want to feel like they've done something without actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. They're not going to sacrifice anything. Mm -hmm. Not one thing. Not one thing. And then they go to award shows and they celebrate themselves and their activism with fancy fancy meals and jewels and designer clothes. And it's just, they just spit on the little people that they care, like they're, they're activating for the little people. No, it's all just like indulgence. It's narcissistic behavior to me. Yeah. But now, now I gave you food for thought on the climate change. You did. Part of that. So now you can develop an opinion. Yeah. But I would say, you know, if we were to do like a litmus test here, you're probably far more on the conservative side. Right. Well, there we have it. There you have it. Best it's of luck in. to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the hot seat now. Is there a, a view or an opinion that you've had where you kind of sat back and were like, oof? I mean, obviously everybody evolves, but is there anything that you would change your mind on? Something that you've been very vocal about? No. Nothing. No. Nothing at all. No. Nope, I'm pretty firm yeah. in, in everything. And you know, what's funny is over the last five years, the conspiracy theorists, we've been right so many times that, yeah. 
If I was, and you're saying conspiracy theorists on COVID. BLM, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. All of our conspiracy theories, really. Or what we said was going to happen with like, you know, trying to lock Trump up so he couldn't win another reelection. I mean, that was that was a crazy thought, right? Oh, yeah. You guys are just crazy that you'd think that they would try to lock Trump up. Okay, here we are. I was in L.A. when two weeks to flatten the curve happened. And it was, you know, hey, we get away with this for two weeks. This is going to last for years. Guess what happened? Nobody ever thought that that was going to be the case, but everyone go along to get along. Everyone was too afraid. People sat there with masks on their face for years, breathing in their own filth because the government told them that was going to keep them safe. Yeah. So conspiracy theories, unfortunately, have turned out to be true. And I wish that weren't the case, but here we are. Do you think we landed on the moon? Yeah, I, I do. I'm not. I'm not that far far fetched, right? Yeah. I'm more in the things that are yeah. that are provable. Yeah, that are provable. I do too. I'm just messing with you on that one because there's some crazy conspiracy theorists out there. I'm like, how do you think that the world's flat? Yeah. I mean, people will try and prove you wrong on that. Um, what do you think happened to the election with the votes? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's wow. your take on that? Is this a, this a, a gotcha thing? There. There are a lot of people who have their issues with what happened in 2020. I don't believe it's productive to even talk about it because I think the more that we talk about 2020 and whoever was slighted or whatever, I think that that really detracts from 2024. So I don't like to get into those discussions. I lived in California. I know the the issues with mass mail-in voting. I know that there are vulnerabilities there. And I would just tell people, listen, if we all had voter ID laws, I think that we could secure our elections a lot better. I don't think that showing your ID to vote should be something that's out of the realm of of possibility or oppressive in any way, shape or form. I don't like mail-in ballots. I think there's too many insecurities when it comes to that. But unfortunately, this is the system that we have now. So we have to make the best of it Mm -hmm. and we have to do whatever we have to do on 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 the right to get in the game. And Take advantage of early voting and mail-in voting and, you know, whatever it may be, because that's where we are right now. And it's not going to go back the other way as much as we can stream, scream and wish it did. It won't. Here we it's, are. There's, a, there's always going to be mail-in voting now. Unfortunately, that's the case. And, and if we want more election integrity, we have to actually win an election to get the election integrity. So for those on the Trump side who are so mad about 2020 and they're still convinced that it was a fraudulent election, mm-hmm. like, I, I hear you. I understand your frustration, but you got to move forward. And to sit home and complain about it and say everything's rigged is not going to win the next election. Exactly. So I wish we could get off of that whole rigged election thing. Move on. 2024 is right on our doorstep. Let's focus on that. I don't like to go backward. I'd rather move forward. That's a lot of politics. It is a lot of politics. You want to end it on something that's not not. No, what do you do outside of politics? Well, these days, married life, I don't do a ton other than work and be home living my married life. But when I first moved to Nashville, I mean, Losers was my spot. Okay. And I love, Losers was, that's where I would be every Friday, Saturday. That's what I love to do. I love dive bars. I love just that kind of lifestyle. What about that's Broadway? No. No. You've lived in Nashville long enough to know that know. you don't go to Broadway. 10 years. I loved Broadway. I was the Broadway guy where if we were out at a place like Losers or somewhere, I'd be like, let's go to Broadway when no. it got to like midnight or one but o'clock. why? I don't know. I think it was just nostalgic for me. Like when I first moved here, going to the honky tonks, I love Broadway. Not anymore. Too many bachelorettes there for me. A lot of bachelorettes. A lot of bachelorettes. I I often tell people when you live in Nashville for a year, when you hit that one year mark, 
it then becomes your duty to dissuade all of your friends from having bachelorette parties here. Right. You have to do your part. Yeah. Go to Scottsdale. Exactly. You know, go to Charleston. Yeah. Go anywhere else. Do you see similarities between Nashville and LA? Um, besides the fact that everyone from LA moved here. Yeah. And it's become like influence influencer culture here. Very much. A lot of influencers here. Very much. Getting to be a little too many influencers it's here. It's tough. To be honest. It's tough to uh, know who's genuine, I think. And tough to have like good friendships in Nashville. Because I feel like everybody's trying to be somebody or get something. You might have a different experience than me. Because yeah. again, because I am political. Unless you are also political. If you want to be friends with me, you probably are like-minded and conservative. Right. And you don't care. And, and like, it's an asset to be friends with me. But if you're not and you're just looking for a come up, I'm probably not going to be the person you come up off of. So <laughs> yeah. it's all good for me. Yeah. I think you need to run for president. Yeah. I don't <laughs> so You could that. ask that. You know, people ask me if I would ever consider running for something. Um, I hated our national mayor a lot. So I thought maybe at some point, and then we elected someone worse. Not, don't have a lot of hope here for, yeah, for Nashville. And that's not something you want to get involved with. No, not really. No. I've worked for politicians in college, and it just doesn't seem like a fun life to me. What about like the Speaker of the White House? Well, my good friend Kaylee McEnany, yeah. who's also a Fox News uh, colleague of mine, she was press secretary and she did a masterful job. I, I, like I also wouldn't that. want that job. Uh, I wouldn't want that job. Why not? I just, I would not want to, I get picked apart enough. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be picked apart on such a level that it could influence people's daily lives, right? So if I say something on Twitter or on a podcast that you don't like, that's just something that might rub you the wrong way. I don't want to be in a position where I'm to blame for the plight of the American people. That's just right. not something that I would want to take on. That's an intense job. Yeah, it's a heavy responsibility. You say yeah. the wrong thing that you could literally cause people real harm. And right. that's, to me, that seems Scary. like a burden. And I, and I give credit to anybody who's willing to do it. Right. You know, on the left or on the right, because I would not want that job or that to be in that position. But you always have to bring it back to being pro whoever's in office. Right. Like they do a fantastic job of that. And well, I imagine a lot of training. Well, the one doesn't do a great job of it. Yeah. Binder, we call her. Tries to, at least. I don't know. No? That's a pretty big mess, too. Yeah. That's a pretty big mess. Yeah. That whole situation over there is a pretty interesting situation. I haven't been falling enough. Well, you sh and you know what? I wouldn't encourage you to. <laughs> yeah. It's comedic sometimes. Yeah. So just take that for what it is. The stories that he comes up with, that they all come up with, sometimes great. Sometimes if you don't, if you take out the seriousness of that he could destroy the world, it's sometimes funny. Mm -hmm. So here and there, just sprinkle it in. Just every time he speaks, just best of luck. It's like you feel nervous when you watch him because yeah. you don't know what's going to come. Imagine working for him and watching him speak like, oh boy. So the wall that Trump was putting up, is it still up in places? They just didn't finish it? Yeah, it's just not finished. I've seen the wall. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've seen the wall where, where it exists. I see the prototypes of the wall. I've been out of the border about six different times with Border Patrol to see that production and toured the facilities and seen it all. And the border is not a place you want to be now, but the border has come to, to everywhere at this yeah. point. So, and that should be a primary concern for a lot of people. We're estimated to spend about $451 billion funding illegal immigration and illegal immigrants. Yeah. That's a problem for everybody. Right. Right. When you got homeless veterans being booted out, make room for illegal immigrants. Yeah. That's a problem. That's when tough. you got inner city communities who already have low resources 
And now they have even less because of illegal immigrants coming in by the tens of the thousands. Think about that before you vote in blue cities that wanted to be sanctuaries. Just think about that. What else would you tell people to think about other issues right now? Say two more issues for your top three issues to look at for this election. So definitely the border, um, the economy. That's, I mean, the economy really is just it. So I wish things were going better. I, I wouldn't care if Joe came in and made this economy great and he came into office and he really did fix things with Bidenomics, I would be happy because I'm a consumer who buys things. Exactly. And I pay taxes. So I would think that would be great. And I wouldn't care that it wasn't my guy. But things are not going well, objectively speaking, not going well. People cannot afford things. I just bought a house. I've seen interest rates lately. Yeah. Not great. 8%. Try to buy a house if you're a first-time home owner. You're renting right now. Your rent's gone up and you want to try to buy a house. Good luck making those mortgage payments. So you'll be stuck paying someone else's mortgage payments on rent that you also can't afford and you'll probably never be able to get into a home. Mm-hmm. Things are not going well. Mm-hmm. So the economy is something that people have to focus on. The third thing I would say is just parental rights. You're about to be a parent. So this should matter to you mm-hmm. and all parents. Parents during the COVID era being forced out, being labeled domestic terrorists for speaking up at school board meetings. The fact that parents have been pushed out in in replace with the government should be a a top concern Mm -hmm. for parents and just for Americans. So I would say border security, which is the same as national security, the economy and parental rights. I think those three things, regardless of your political affiliation, just look at which party has a better track record on those three things and then make your decision. And if you seriously can say that that's the left, then by all means, but be honest with yourself. That's what I would tell people. Just be honest with yourself. I know you hate Trump. But just have a moment of honesty. Right. And what about something good? Something for us to look forward to. And then on a positive note Uh, here. Well, Christmas is coming up. (laughs) So there's that. And uh, 2024, right around the corner. All right. You know, a new horizon. Things could change. A new horizon coming soon. Yes. All right. Well, that was fun. It was fun. Best of luck to you on on those answers. Thank you. I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) I look forward to it in the comments. (laughs) All right. All right.